Welcome to the Institute of Barristers Clark's podcast, the podcast that provides an insight into the Clarking world. It is an opportunity for members old and new to share with you all their wonderful knowledge and insights of Clarking and how it has evolved since the Institute formed 100 years ago. My name is Stephen Wright and I'm the Senior Clerk at 7BR and today I'm joined by Emma Makepeace and Andy Flanagan. Emma started her clerking career in 1991 at 10 Kings Bench Walk, where she progressed to first junior clerk over nine years. In 2001, she joined Bridewell Chambers and became senior clerk in 2005, before joining 25 Bedford Row over 15 years ago, where she is currently the Deputy Director of Clerking. Emma joined the Institute of Barristers Clerks in 1996, having been awarded the IBC's Educational Accolade the John Carter Memorial Trophy Clerk of the Year, having completed the advanced certificate in Chambers Administration course that the IBC provided to the clerks and continues to do so now. Emma held many non-portfolio roles over 15 years on the committee and was a social secretary for a number of years before stepping down, coinciding with having a family. Emma is still an active supporter of the IBC and attribute some of her success and confidence to her involvement and exposure to excellent mentorship and opportunity via the Institute. Andy started his clerking career in 1984 as a junior clerk at Two New Square, now Firestone Buildings. For the last 26 years, he has been a senior clerk at Barnard's Inn Chambers, then Maitland Chambers, and for the past 16 years at Crown Office Chambers. He is a member of the Institute of Barristers Clerks, where previously he has been Education Secretary and served on the Management Committee and Executive Committee. Welcome, Emma and Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for joining me um, today. This podcast today is all about how you got into clerking, what's it like being a clerk, and sort of you sort of offering your expertise and experience to the the 1,400-odd clerks that are out there today. So can you, Andy, just kick us off by just sort of giving us a brief intro of how you got into clerking all those years ago? I will indeed. Um, my mum basically was a legal secretary and she worked for a small firm in Croydon. Um, they had links with chambers in the temple, various chambers doing predominantly crime and family work. And she suggested that when I was looking for a job, my other option evidently was banking, which my granddad was trying to push me into. Um, she suggested I tried clerking. So she arranged very kindly for, for me to spend a day up in Francis Taylor buildings, uh, as they were then, not the, not the, chambers that are there now um and it was very enjoyable i had a very enjoyable day probably with one of the least hard working junior clerks i i've come across but he was a lovely guy um and it maybe that's what appealed to me the fact that i thought i could manage this sort of sitting in the courts waiting for friends to come by to chat to um but he was very helpful the chambers were fantastic i went back up for a further day and you know i like to think that just generally i just enjoyed the atmosphere. I was interested and intrigued by the legal profession and I thought I might be able to achieve something. Yeah, excellent. And uh, Emma, what about yourself? A distant relative of mine was the head of chambers at both my first and second sets. And it was supposed to be just a stopgap job over the summer holidays before I went travelling. And to be honest, I didn't even know what a barrister's clerk was. 
Um, but over 30 years later, with just that short break going traveling and two periods of maternity leave, I'm still doing it, still loving it. And now recommending it as a career for my friends and their family and their children. It's amazing. I, it always surprises me, um, you know, because you both said there one was your mum, one was a distant relative. Um, but the, the connections with a lot of clerks, I mean, I've got two brothers. One, you know, tried it out for sort of six months. The other one has been clerking for sort of nearly what, 14, 15 years. And it's just that those sort of connections that are, I don't know, it just seems like a job that isn't, it's, it's, it's someone you know. It's, it's the old saying, isn't it? It's not what you know, it's who you know. And it just feels that it's not so well advertised. Well, but I, I don't know. Do you feel that's changed recently over the past sort of five, 10 years or so? I mean, I've found sort of when I'm doing interviews now for sort of junior clerks or assistant practice managers, or whatever they like to call them these days, there's a lot more sort of graduates coming through that are, are, are far more aware of the clerking role. Yeah, I think certainly from my perspective, I, I think it's changed a bit. I don't think it's changed drastically and I don't think it's changed enough. Um, I, I sign up for something called Inspiring the Future, which is uh, an external team that uh, that get me into various schools where they just wouldn't, as you said, they wouldn't know about Barristers Clarkin, a bit like I didn't and a bit like Emma didn't. Uh, and I think that's been really helpful, just talking to them about the basics of what it involves, where it can lead you. Um, so I think we need, we all need to try and do more things like that. So I, I think it has changed, but I don't think it's opened up to a wide enough audience as yet. Yeah, no, sure. I, I think the biggest change has been um, recruiters being involved. Um, so there's a definitely a wider net because jobs used to be advertised very sort of internally through the Institute. And unless you knew somebody who did that job, the chances are that job opportunity wouldn't reach you. And now with recruiters, you know, actively looking for people on different websites like and school leaver sites and university leaver sites. I think it's really broadened the people that are coming into the profession. Yeah, no, I, I, and I completely agree with that. Um, just sort of moving on slightly. So, you know, you've both had excellent careers as, as, as clerks and that just shows by, you know, the positions you both hold now. But Emma, how has your journey been been to now? You know, can you give the the listeners sort of some knowledge of you know how you got to where you are today and what what you feel you've had to do to get there? Well, like I feel my career so far has been relatively smooth sailing, and I think I can attribute that to the length of time that I've spent in each set, um, because I think there's major upheaval when you join a new set. There's so much to learn. And flitting around is pretty unusual in criminal and regulatory clerking. So I think because it's such a challenging job, it usually is enough for you. And it's sort of evolving around you all the time. So I think um, people, it's sensible to commit once you reach a certain level to a set of chambers for, for a long time. So you can be really part of that chamber's growth. And then that obviously is reflected in your own um, career success. Yeah, no, I understand. And Andy, what about yourself? Um, 
I've, it's not been too bad. I mean, I've, I've, it's not been without its ups and downs. If I'm honest, I've been involved in a, a dissolution of a chambers, which was was quite worrying and harrowing. I've also been involved in a merger where I was I was told that I was all part of the deal, but found out later that I wasn't part of that deal. So I've had a couple of sort of close calls where I probably came fairly close to to not having a job and not being a clerk any longer. But generally, you know, I've always worked hard uh, and overall I've had, a, a you know, an enjoyable time. I think when I do call it quits, because having done 38 years, I've probably not got too many more in me, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I, th- I won't have any regrets. I'll have met some fantastic people, been to some fantastic places. And and like um, Emma was saying, I'd thoroughly recommend it to, to family. And, and I'm very pro sort of uh, projecting that further afield and, and getting more people into the job. Well, as you both know, it's the Institute of Barristers Clark's 100th anniversary this year. Can you just give me some sort of insight of, you know, what are the benefits of the IBC as a member? Because you've both been sort of, you know, you both are active members, but also work on their respective committees as well. I'm very much a, about people and getting to know people um, and talking to people, finding out how they operate what they do in chambers, uh, how their chambers operate, how they react to different situations. And I certainly found that that camaraderie as well as that knowledge gaining aspect was was mega helpful to me. I mean, I, I joined the IBC when I first started, um, and but I got heavily involved probably 10, 15 years ago. Um, so just at a time when I was really coming on as a senior clerk. Uh, and so that really helped me. So the benefits for me personally were not only the, the camaraderie and the support that I got from various other senior clerks and more junior clerks, but the knowledge that I gained just by asking the right questions to the right people. Um, and it really, I think, helped me sort of move forward and, and actually realize that, you know, there are different aspects to every question and you've got to just sit back before you react, take that on board and, and decide which way to go. And I think that sort of certainly helped me, particularly at my time at Crown Office, um, where there are a huge set and, you know, 104 different opinions, just stepping back and, and gaining some sort of sensibility of it all um, has really helped me. And I can imagine it's very difficult to manage those 104 opinions. It is very difficult, Steve. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's, uh, I probably go on to that in some of the further, further questions. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it is difficult, but it's, it's enjoyable. They're a very, very nice bunch. But just having some overall view and holistic view on how other chambers run so you can factor that into your responses yeah. uh, is very helpful. And Emma, what, what are your thoughts about the IBC and the committees? First of all, I think the people on the IBC committee are giving up a huge amount of time to make sure that we're well represented on bar council committees and user groups that really affect the, the way we work in respect of all areas of expertise. I think for me personally, being involved in that um, and learning from people that are much more senior than me, you know, is a real insight into the level of commitment required and the level of detail and knowledge required to do the job well. Um, the IBC offer obviously huge amounts of training opportunities that people should really embrace if they can. And I suppose the other thing is, is there is a sort of sense of community about it. And when we were younger clerks, you know, there was much more sort of mixing socially at lunch times and sort of interset relationships that really don't exist anymore. So I think the IBC really, you know, allows people to meet with their people on similar levels and socialise, which will certainly be beneficial as they progress through the ranks. 
Yeah, good answer. I'm not going to ask you about advice to aspiring junior clerk because I appreciate that was some time ago for the both of you. But <laughs> don't take offence. But um, sort of, you, you know, you're both in more senior roles. Those those sort of clerks or practice managers that are looking to step up into those sort of roles, have you got any advice of, of what they could potentially do to to sort of either seal those roles going forward? I think people need to be um, able to identify what their actual strengths are. And then when you're looking in a team of people, you know, see where you can really bring value to that team. Um, I think that really helps you to progress because if you're just doing the same as the next person, then perhaps there's not going to be those um, gaps and opportunities for you. But if you can really work out where you feel comfortable and you shine, I think that's, um, going to help you move forward. Sort of play to your strengths. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'd give sort of a lot of the advice would probably be the same to aspiring clerks and to, to people stepping up in the profession. I think, you know, one thing that I, I think is really important is you, you have to be yourself. Don't pretend to be someone or something you're not because you won't be able to keep that up. Uh, and once that facade falls, then uh, it's not going to help you. And it Chambers will have employed someone they didn't think they'd employed. So I think being true to yourself is is very important. Um, working hard and having a can-do attitude and having pride in what you do at whatever level uh, is vitally important. And it may not always seem it, but it, it will be recognised at some stage and, and rewarded by chambers. I think moving to more senior people, I think that all counts, but equally it can be difficult moving into roles where there are management responsibilities and a lot of sort of, you know, interaction with senior members of the bar and things like that. But I, I, my advice would be, you know, be confident, have your own views and, and express them, but be professional and flexible enough to adapt if a better option uh, is, is offered up. And I think also seek some help when you need it, whether that's leadership, management of people, or any sort of training that that can help you succeed in your sort of enhanced role, you shouldn't hesitate to ask Chambers for that. Yeah, I mean, that is a prime example, because I think that I've also been in this job for a long time, and it's it seems to have become more professional, more business-minded. Yeah. I remember when I first joined Chambers, or, you know, every, every Chambers used to say we're a family, and I'm not saying that Chambers have lost that, but there is more business focus um, I think for the better, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, and you, you can see that now with the sort of the, the business development and marketing that all chambers are doing, you know, whether that be on social media or on their websites, et cetera. So, you know, you talked a lot about what you do as clerks. What's your, um, favorite part of the job, Emma? Well, it feels really special, doesn't it? Because it's this profession that's existed for all these years, you know, and kind of read about it in uh, classic literature. I think the Lincoln's Inn's records go back to the 1400s. Um, so I think that feels really special when you're telling people outside of the bar, you know, what you do for a job. I think it's really quite important to me how women have come on in clerking when you think it was only 100 years ago to the day almost that the first woman was called to the bar and only really in the last couple of years have women been sort of celebrated in senior positions and the IBC have been really great supporting that. So I think certainly the progression, certainly the progression into this much more professional environment 
and really just sort of being part of something that feels unique and special and interesting to people. Yeah. And what about yourself, Andy? What's your favourite part of the, the, the role you do today? I think it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's all about the people for me. I think the people side of things, even though, you know, managing people is tough, um, actually seeing them progress and develop, I think is fantastic. The same with barristers, you know, pushing them, you know, to, to really achieve what that, what they should be achieving. And the business development side, meet, meeting and greeting the solicitors, seeing that new case come in. Um, I think they're the things that really drive me, the people side. If I, if I can handle that and, and really enjoy that, which I do, then I think the rest of it all becomes a little bit easier. Um, so I think that's an important thing. And probably going back, some advice I'd give, make sure that you are a people person and that you practice that or train on that if, if you haven't got it naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, I, you know, being old fashioned, I still enjoy a really good punch up of a fee negotiation, um, <laughs> particularly if I come out on top. <laughs> yeah, I always hate it when they say, yes, that's fine, Steve. I'm like, oh, should have asked him. <laughs> you know you've yeah. gone right. <laughs> um, so, Andy, just, just flipping that on the other side, um, what's the, the, the sort of the challenges in the job that you find most difficult? I think it would probably will be people again. There will be an element of the people side of it because I think that, you know, constantly, you know, making sure that that they are achieving what they should be achieving and, and managing the, the the sort of bits and bobs that go on in chambers. But I think as an individual challenge, I mean, I mean, we just can't escape COVID as, as something I never, ever thought I'd go through. And, you know, how the important and, and urgent issues that needed to be dealt with immediately, but also constantly monitored, such as sort of remote working, getting all the staff up and running, um, getting barristers to work, you know, from soft copy rather than hard copy, constant contact with members and, and solicitors to make sure that they were all okay and felt wanted and, and the, the work kept, kept rolling in. And the additional, I suppose, the additional pastoral care that that, that, that involved above and beyond what would, would be a normal week in chambers. So, I mean, I, th- I think that's important. And, and the challenges outside of that, I mean, that linked well-being members and staff i think is is increasingly important i mean it's a such a pressured environment particularly for members but also for staff that i mean that is something we is a constant challenge to make sure that we are prepared for what might happen and and able more importantly more able to spot it as it as as it happens or before it happens so that we can circumvent any issues in, in that front um fair allocation of work making sure the clerks are constantly on top of that and making sure that you know, it's open, everything's discussed, and so members are, are comfortable with that. I think they're the, for me, apart from technology, which I'll never get to grips with and never win on, um, they're, they're the challenges, particularly for me, that I face on a fairly regular basis. Emma, you seems to have covered them all there, but I don't know if you've got any challenges <laughs> that you can think of. Yeah, well, I was going to say that the relationship between the barrister and the clerk differs from person yeah. to person, doesn't yeah. it? And, you know, a lot of the time it's down to the clerk to make that relationship work regardless of the approach of the barrister so that that can be really difficult especially if you're expected to take this sort of subservient role because if you go up against it it doesn't it's it's not going to necessarily improve I find so I think really the wider sort of issue from that is because you're balancing the needs of a business against the needs of individuals I think a lot of challenges come around that and so it's back to managing people is probably the biggest challenge that 
that we have sort of day to day. I mean, Andy said about COVID, but, you know, I think we did a great job because we spoke about contingency for many years and contingency plans for this and that, but we could have never envisaged it on that scale. And, you know, how well did we respond and how quickly? Yeah, no, I'd, it was brilliant. I'd, I'd definitely second that. And we've subsequently moved forward um, because there's more flexible working, which hopefully in turn will then sort of play into a bit more consciousness about well-being generally. Yeah, I totally so agree. I think it's it's a good it, it's it was a good catapult forward. So for all the bad things about it, you know, I think we've learned a lot. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more on that. Actually, this may be a testing question. It may not be. And we'll start with you, Emma. Who's your favourite clerk you've ever worked with, and why? Well, my current director, Guy Williams, um, is absolutely hands down my favourite person to work with, which is why I'm still there. But um, do you know what? He's really resilient, which is the first thing I really admire about him. He kind of lets it all just wash over him. And he's very positive, which day to day, that is so, so, so important, isn't it, to working life. So I think, you know, the fact that we giggle and whatever the challenges are and however tricky it is, he's always that sort of positive influence. And also he makes me feel like I'm integral to the success of Chambers. And I think that's a real art form in any management position that you make your team feel that they're absolutely part of it. Um, so that's, you know, that's something I'll take away from him wherever I am. But he, yeah, I've really, really enjoy working with him, really enjoy it. I'm just going to say... You've just done a Jeff Carr there because he he angled for Tony McDade as well. And I say the same thing as what I said to him is that that is a great way to get a decent pay rise and bonus. <laughs> um, Andy, what about yourself? Oh, that's very difficult. I've been around so long. It's very difficult to pick one. Um, I, I suppose just a couple of people I'd like to mention. I think my first ever senior clerk, David Butler, who's sadly no longer with us, was just a wonderful guy, just uh, the worst timekeeper I've ever known. He used to stroll in at half 10. I mean, just uh, appalling, but the best people person probably I've ever worked with so could get himself out of, of any issue. And he had, he had a first junior who's now the senior clerk at what is now Five Stone Buildings, Paul Jennings, who is totally the opposite, mega efficient, just absolutely fantastic. He's on it. So that, for me, was a fantastic combo. They were a great foil for each other, and it was a fantastic combo for me to learn from because, you know, you, you got everything that a clerk needs in, in those two guys. So they're, they're really worth a mention. Uh, and the other guy is Clark Chessis. So still going strong. Um, one of the most genuine guys I think I've ever, ever met. And probably I hinted at one or two issues that I had earlier in my career, and, um, you know, he is probably responsible for keeping me in the job so he deserves a special mention so instead of one you've gone for free but that's fine exactly that's fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll with that. um so <laughs> we've um we're coming to the end but I've, i have one question for you both that um i put to the management committee to just give me some random questions that i could ask people that join this podcast to give sort of something personal that you they may not know about you so it's not gonna be you know what what are you what are you doing at the weekend or anything like that? But if you could go back in time and watch one historical event, which would it be and why? It's a really difficult question. Um, I think Live Aid 
which was a concert in the 80s, which was in response to the famine in Africa and loads of really um, famous and current musicians got together to do this huge concert for charity. Um, and actually, since then, there have been many more similar events which have done great things for um, charity around the world. I, th- I think for me, it would have to be the 1966 World Cup just to be there to see that the only time we've done it, the way we're playing, the only time we're ever going to do it. Um, uh, yeah, just so that must have just been such a fantastic day for the country generally. Um, I love football, so that would probably be my pick. Yeah, okay. Look, I'd like to um, thank you both for joining me today. And um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for the invite. I, I wish you all the best for the rest of 2022. Thank, thank you very you. much. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you for listening to the IBC podcast. Join us next time for more insights into the world of Clarking. And remember to share the podcast with anyone else you think may be interested.